We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the DFS Pick Six over on Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane, joined as I am every single Wednesday by two of the absolute best in the business. We got Rich Rebar and um, Reeves. How we doing, buddy? We're doing good, man. Had a couple of technical difficulties there. The key is, you know, I've been we've been doing use. You know, you've done a bunch of these shows over the years, and we're at the mercy of some of this technology. And you don't realize until like it does it breaks or doesn't work like it's supposed to right at the exact moment. But the key is to just not panic. Just like when we had Paris Campbell in week two, we didn't panic. We came right back and went right back to Michael Gallup, and he made it rain for us. <laughs> as soon as Michael Gallup caught that touchdown, I'm like, oh, here we go. All right, I'm going to have to hear about this. I said that I was just ignoring him all year. He was my new Kelvin Benjamin, and now uh, well, now here we are also joining us. It's the birthday boy, John Daigle. What's up, Daigle? How are we doing? Not my birthday for another two months, but alas, we are here. And although we are not worried about Gallup anymore, we are still worried about Kenyon Drake because he did not make it rain Sunday. And unfortunately, even though, even just say you run the perfect game stack and Derek Henry and coming back with Dalvin Cook, it didn't matter in week three if you didn't have Tyler Lockett. So here we are today. Yeah, but if you didn't have Lockett, you were, and it was like you had three touchdowns in the first half. Like you, it wasn't even. You didn't even get the sweat. Like, okay, I just need to avoid this happening. Like, it was over early. If you didn't have Lockett, you just kind of threw your arms up and goes, okay, all right. And they were free touchdowns, man. They were they were easy touchdowns. You'd have caught I two mean, of those, Crane. Well, I mean, I I probably would have <laughs> caught all three. 
I mean, if I'm being honest, like I know you're sitting there, you cut a pot too. Like I definitely could have uh, finished off the DK Metcalf touchdown also that he dropped at the goal line. I mean, how good is Seattle? And Seattle just crushes it. Well, NFL week four, it is, this is a really strange week. Like obviously we've got the situation with Tennessee and Pittsburgh where, you know, that game, it's going to be postponed likely until early next week for the season long folks. I hope something gets resolved there. Um, but then it, it almost feels like it's a like a late season slate because we've got two games that are going to be expected to be giant blowouts, both Baltimore and the Rams. They're both 13 point favorites over Washington and the Giants. We've got multiple games with giant totals. We're going to be talking about three of them, but I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight different games just on the main slate where the totals are 49 points or higher. So this is going to be one of those slates where you're going to have to be a little bit uncomfortable leaving some of these guys off your lineups. And it's, I don't know about you, Dago, like these, I always think I get these wrong. Like, no, I'm fading this guy. And then, you know, next thing, you know, he has three touchdowns in the first half. Hopefully, hopefully that's not going to happen to us this week, but let's go ahead and dive into uh, three other fa- our favorite games. We're going to kick it off with Seattle at Miami, Seattle, they're six and a half point favorites. It's a 53 point total. And, Daniels, we were just talking about Seattle coming off, obviously, the absolutely massive game last week. They get another good match against Miami here. Another, you know, it's another game where as long as they keep airing it out, there's no reason not to like Russ. Are we going right back to this Seattle passing game, David? Do you like going right back to touchdowns? Because if so, then you can't say no to Russell Wilson. Uh, Now averaging 308 yards, nearly five touchdowns per game, with 14 total carries to boot, by the way, in these first three contests. Not only that, but we we know already that Lockett and DK Metcalf are unstoppable. But for this week in particular, uh, without Byron Jones, whenever he got lost in that Buffalo game, the rookie Noah I came in for the Dolphins. And since that time, he's allowed the second most – I'm sorry, he's allowed the ninth most receiving yards in the entire league. And he's the one who would be matched up with DK Metcalf on the outside. So it's just a smash spot for all, assuming the Dolphins offense carries their end of the bargain. And I think we all have faith they can in this game, actually. Yeah, I mean, Miami's going to be fun. Like, this is, might be where we get some more cheaper exposure with the wide receivers here. But, Dale, I mean, this is just one of those games where points are going to be scored, man. And if you want to stack it up, you're going to feel pretty good because – as we've talked about numerous times on this show, you want to know where the ball is going to go. And that's what we have with both sides of this game. Yeah. And I'll let Rich talk about Fitzpatrick because this week, I think we, we, well, I know we have confidence in him, but last week, let's say for instance, I played a lot of uh, Carson Wentz and what I didn't catch up to is exactly what you were talking about is these high totals. It's just the new DFS and the new NFL of 4k minimum players on DraftKings and high totals that if you don't get the quarterback right spot, right from the beginning, like none of the cheapies so far any waves have helped you at all because they're not Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott putting up absolutely absolutely insane numbers for guys who really weren't even drafted along with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes who haven't really got there just yet, but I'll kick it to rich. Cause I know he has a lot to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> no, I mean, you guys kind of hit on just this, the lead into the season, which has been the highest scoring season through three weeks. 
Uh, penalties are the lowest they've ever been. Uh, holding penalties are down 60% from last year. They just aren't even calling it. Like, it just doesn't exist. Like, offense holding doesn't matter anymore. Uh, so, I mean, we've, we've seen the, kind of what we thought was going to lead into the season, kind of on all fronts, you know, outside of this, this, this being the first COVID scare. But we thought there would be a lot of, you know, soft tissue injuries. There has. We thought offenses would have an advantage to start the season. They have. And we've seen that the books finally are catching up. They're, that's what you're starting to jam up these totals. Uh, when they really were slow to the draw these first couple weeks because overs have been popping like crazy. And this is another game that looks like it's going to shoot out again. I mean, you got Seattle scored 35 or more points in every game. Uh, you know, the Dolphins are always kind of game, and the Seattle's defense is awful. Is, is horrendous. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a team that bypassed – They, you know, they went with the PFF angle. You know, PFF did that study this offseason that showed that – secondary play coverage was more important than pass rush well if you can't cover or rush the passer it seems to be a real problem uh because they didn't invest any pass rushers they went all coverage heavy and these guys haven't played up to par and quentin dunbar has been horrible to start the season the only you know jamal adams has been good but he might not even play in this game um and you know shaq griffin has been terrible uh, you know, who played well last year. So, I mean, they haven't been able to cover anybody. They've allowed the most passing yards in NFL history through three games. They've allowed three 300-yard passers. If they allow another one to Ryan Fitzpatrick, it'll tie the 2011 Patriots, a streak that Ryan Fitzpatrick was also a part of in throwing 300 yards uh, in that streak as well. And the other thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick is we don't have to just take this matchup and elevate Ryan Fitzpatrick. We have to take the matchup first. We have to lead with the matchup. Ryan Fitzpatrick's already been a top 10 fantasy scorer in two of three games this season and in nine of 14 games going back to last season. He has been a strong fantasy asset and a strong fantasy former. And we get him in a spot where he's just going to drop back and wing it the whole game. I mean, the quarterbacks against Seattle so far have 56, 47, and 62 dropbacks. And it's not even just that the, the production is volume induced. They're also 31st in yards per attempt allowed. They're 31st in yards per completion allowed. And they're 20th in completion percentage allowed. So not only are they going to have hyper efficiency, it's coming with tremendous volume. And that's why you're seeing these guys pop off for nearly 400 yard games. Um, yeah, I mean, we can easily just play Russ. We can keep playing Russ if we want. <laughs> and we can probably talk at the end of the show how no one's going to play Lamar Jackson for some reason this week either. Uh, when, you know, he's probably going to the lowest ownership he's probably had since the beginning of last season, you know, coming into this week as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the board. But yeah, he, Fitzpatrick is a guy, if you're going to pay down, he's like the glowing, you know, guy. And you, you don't even have to take the matchup at first. You know, he's been playing well and runs into the spade. Yeah, and just 5.4K over on DraftKings, I mean, you that can help out a lot. And there are going to be some high-priced players that, as we'll get into, you're going to want this week. So I think Fitzy on the other side is fine. You pair him up with Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gusecki. Um, as the chat, and I'll tell you about the chat, bringing it today. Jamal Adams misses my a little bit. Like, they, I think any of these Miami guys, fine. And, of course, on the Seattle side, Locke and a Metcalf are both fine. Um. When you look at this running situation, Chris Carson, we're not sure what's going to happen there. We're not playing Carlos Heidel, are we? No. Uh, it does sound like Chris Carson actually may be okay to go. Oh, and so for large entry, maybe sprinkle him in. It's a situation, though, I would personally avoid uh, because even if Carson plays, or even if, let's say if Carson doesn't play, I don't think Carlos Hyde would be used as Chris Carson. I think they just use Travis Homer in the passing game 
uh, or DJ Dallas if they want to get him involved. And then Carlos Hyde will get the more fruitful touches on the goal line. But on the other side of the ball, I do think Miami's running back situation has opened up a little bit if you want to get away from Ryan Fitzpatrick in tournaments. Because Gaskin last week against the Jaguars quietly got unleashed, 75% snap rate, a 25% target share. He handled 82% of their backfield touches, all season highs. And for the first time all year, actually outtouched Jordan Howard, four to three inside the 10-yard line. So that is another way to confidently gain exposure to their offense if you do want to get away from the passing game, if you want to. Gaskin looked good, too. Like, it was, you know, I don't watch a lot of Dolphins games, but I did watch a fair amount of the Dolphins game last week, and he genuinely looked good, which I was not expecting. Um, I'm personally going to go more toward the wide receivers here, but you bring up a good point with Gaskin because, like you said, he was catching some passes, and I have no problem there. Reeves, anybody else? Is there? Do you have a preference on the Miami side? Because Parker, Preston Williams, Gasecki, Gaskin, I mean – there are a few more mouths to feed than we typically like to attack on Miami. That said, you got to think against Seattle's defense, at least one or two of them is going to go off. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be, you know, kind of the guys we thought. We remember, remember last year, we were just we were just jamming in Devontae Parker to close last year, and we haven't had one of those games yet as he's kind of come back from the hamstring injury. But the past two weeks, he's ran a pass route on 90% of dropbacks and 100% of dropbacks. So he's getting there. He's getting to full health. And, you know, everyone's kind of highlighted the stats for Seattle. They've lost 76 catches for 1,136 yards to opposing wide receivers. The next highest totals are 49 and 736. They just are getting flambéed by opposing wide receivers. And it's all wide receivers. Uh, in the slot, they're just getting decimated. I mean, 12 for 179, 15 for 232, 8 for 135. Uh, so if Isaiah Ford's going to be on the field, then, you know, if they're going to play a lot more 11 personnel, he's even in play as like a cheap, you know, stack in this game. Because two weeks ago when Miami had a season high 52 dropbacks, Isaiah Ford caught seven for 76. So like at three, seven, like that's paying off too. And if you can get a touchdown with that, then that's really paying off at that price. Um, you know, Preston Williams has actually had his routes per drop back drop over the past three weeks. Um, so he's kind of a guy you kind of need to get a touchdown for or hit one of those, you know, high marks for still ran 84% uh, around 84% of dropbacks last week. Um, Gusecki, you know, is one of these guys that he's a great tournament play because he's an all or nothing dude. Yeah. Uh, he is, he scored in, in six of his past nine games, but he's also been 40 below 47 yards in six of those nine games. And he's had four more catches in just three of those games. So he's kind of one of those, you know, high volatile guys. He's got a huge catch radius. He, he, he's good for touchdowns. You know, if you get, when they get in the paint, they throw to him. Um, and he, he can have one of these games like he did a couple weeks ago where he has a high ceiling game, but he also has a lot of volatility to him a lot more than people, you know, tend to believe that he, he has. And you kind of seen that play out on Thursday night, but yeah, I mean, all those guys are kind of in play. Um, it's easy to run it back with Seattle side. We know that uh, Gaskin did have the most, uh, the most impressive three yard per carry game, I guess that I've seen Twitter be excited about in a long time. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, definitely if you want to uh, go there and try to catch some passes, you can, you can shoot for that shot. Uh, yeah, and that's even, Greg, why... even Greg Olson is in play in this game too, because Miami has been kind of rough against tight ends. They've allowed, uh, um, you know, um, they've only faced Ryan Izzo, they faced Dawson Knox, and they faced Tyler Eifert. But, uh, you know, Greg Olson's already had two top 12 weeks, two already in two or three weeks. If you, you know, Russ is just, he's, he's, he's given so much production that, you know, anyone's in play. 
And that the volatility you mentioned with Jasicki is why I will probably be underweight in tournaments, but also why I understand it could come back and bite me in the ass because clearly after last year leading the league in slot rate at his position, he's doing it again at a higher rate this year too, 78% compared to 72% last year. And so if Seattle keeps getting banged up against slot wideouts, like that's what Jasicki is. He's not a tight end, he's a slot wideout. So it's, it's somewhat concerning, but the boomer bust profile does make me get off of him in tournaments most likely. But you want to you play him in tournaments though. That's you you want to go do. overweight? I'm yeah, all ears. He's not going to be that popular, is he? I thought he would be. Uh, maybe I just got my ownership percentage wrong on Wednesday. I mean, I, I could he, very well be wrong. This is one of those things you're going to want to check ownership because if he's popular, I have no problem. You I know, think people, people are into him. People like Jasicki a whole lot. Ugh. He's very sexy. He is. He is a good looking dude. That's a good point. I forgot about. I forgot about the sex. We love athletic tight ends, man. We can't help ourselves. Yeah. The, the fantasy football world, we can't help it. Well, speaking of athletic tight ends, let's go talk about Kyle Rudolph and uh, Jordan Aiken. Let's talk I was about, about to say, where are you going with this? At Houston. <laughs> Houston, three and a half point favorites. <laughs> Another giant total, 54 and a half points. And we've got a matchup here where I kind of feel like Deshaun Watson is going to go overlooked this week. And I kind of feel like he's just absolutely going to smash this Minnesota defense. Reeves, are you on team Deshaun Watson with me? Oh, yeah, this is a fun game. I mean, there's a chance, too, this could go under because both of their neutral pace stats are – we know that they, they these teams will play slow if they can. Uh, but, you know, this is a, a spot, too, where the defenses are so bad that, it, you know, magic could still happen. And um, Deshaun Watson, you know, he's, he's had arguably the the toughest start, you know, of any quarterback. Maybe Daniel Jones, you could say, has had a tougher start. But, you know, Deshaun Watson facing the Chiefs, you know, and the, the, narratives, the narrative always is like the Chiefs kind of have – a better offense than defense and they do, but the chiefs defense is, is pretty good. It's been really good going back to last year as well in terms of limiting offensive production. They do give up rushing yards, but who cares about rushing yards? You know, they, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, you know, and then the, he faces Baltimore and then Pittsburgh, you know, um, with one of those games being in, in Pittsburgh on the road. So now he's coming against the Minnesota matchup that we thought maybe, you know, at some point in the summer would be a hard matchup, but they've just been decimated on defense. They can't rush the passer without Daniel Hunter. Uh, they don't have Anthony Barr. The secondary has been going through a rotation of guys that have just been injured and young players at cornerback, and they've just been getting crushed. Uh, they have, like, from a passing point, it's allowed perspective. They look fine, but it's just because Ryan Tannehill and Philip Rivers only combined for one touchdown pass the, the past two weeks, but they're 24th in completion rate allowed. They're 30th in yards per attempt allowed. This is the spot for Deshaun Watson to, you know, kind of do his thing. And it's a really good spot for his wide receivers to do their thing. You know, these guys that have been, you know, suppressed in price because they've been neutered by this, you know, opening schedule. I mean, Will Fuller had the week two hamstring scare. He comes back and runs 97%, um, runs a route at 97% of the dropbacks this week. Brandon Cook's routes for dropback have been going up every single week. He's like basically just floating out there for like like five you think he's like five three on FanDuel and like dirt cheap on DK they're stacking potential yeah 45 I mean he's just floating out there and then uh whatever you want to do with David Johnson I mean I don't want to do anything with him but you know he has outside of Ezekiel Elliott he's played the most snaps out of any other running back um he just hasn't had that he just hasn't had the touches I mean the the concerning thing with David Johnson why he's tough to play is because he's not getting targeted I mean he's running so many routes but he's got what seven catches on the year um and we want our guys to catch the rock man out of the backfield especially in DFS uh these guys that don't catch passes are just tough to play and you know it's it's what has that 
best attribute should be, but they're not using him in that capacity. And he had the game script to get pepper targets all three weeks and hasn't gotten anything. So I think you look at just Watson and you look at Fuller and Cooks. And if you want to get play Randall Cobb, I mean, I, I won't be super mad at you. I know you're you're probably a Cobb guy. I think he was in your Millie lineup, wasn't he, Crane? Uh, no, he was, but I he got taken out for a young guy named Devontae Adams. Ah. No, it was uh, was it? Hold on, no, I don't know. I don't remember. It was somebody because like that. that was the game. It was Falcons. Yeah, Packers. Yeah, it was Falcons Packers. Yeah, but I don't remember. I think it was going to be Cobb, and then it ended up being Adams. And that was before Beautiful. Adams was really Devontae Adams. So yeah, yeah, but it was uh, yeah, no. I mean, I you would think Cobb would. I would be a Cobb guy. I'm not like not especially not in not this week. Anyways, I'm a Will Fuller guy this week. Like I'm loading up on Will Fuller, and on the other side, you know. Dega, we always talk about this. You want to know where the ball is going to go. And typically with Minnesota, it's Dalvin, it's Adam Thielen. Obviously, Justin Jefferson had the giant game last week. I'm not so sure that's going to be repeatable. To me, this is a simple one. You play Watson, Fuller, run it back with Thielen or Dalvin and move on. Am I am I making this too simple, Dagle? Yeah, I think we like Jefferson, right? Because the Vikings schedule for like redraft over the next four games, Texans, Seahawks, Falcons, and Packers, and the Lions, if you want to go further. But for this one in particular, I mean, it just screams Dalvin, especially since Kirk Cousins quietly hasn't even attempted over 27 passes in all three games this season. Uh, whereas Dalvin, we know what the Vikings will do. They run the ball at the fourth highest rate within one score of their opponent, and then at the fifth highest rate when they've been trailing this year. And the Texans, that's where they're getting absolutely destroyed. Career day on an island game in week one against the Chiefs and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then uh, the Ravens in week two actually averaged 6.9 yards per carry combined, despite none of them individually since the three-headed backfield going over 100 yards. And then we saw James Conner, despite not looking as explosive as since he came back from injury, still having another 100-yard touchdown day. And even, even Anthony McFarland broke through for a 20-yard run. So this is where they're getting exploited. That's where the Vikings want to do. So any Texan stack, I'm absolutely running it back with Dalvin Cook for sure. Yeah, and, you know, it's just such a high total, like, on on two teams where you know where the production is going to come from. This is – I think this might be the single easiest stack on the whole slate. Dalvin will the thrill faller and just – move on. I mean, what do you think about these other pieces on Minnesota Rebar? Are you in Adam Thielen? Are you going to chase Justin Jefferson? I know you're not chasing Justin Jefferson. Why am I even asking? But like, what else are you doing on the Minnesota side, Reeves? It's tough, man, because, you know, uh, Houston hasn't been giving up a lot of protection because they're just getting run on every week. <laughs> they haven't been really getting passed on because teams are just able to run for so many yards or pop. Like Dago said, they've lost 170, 212, and 210 yards from scrimmage to opposing backfields through three weeks. Uh, Cousins, when he does throw it, is actually throwing the kind of targets you want. He leads the NFL in depth of target. He's second in yards per completion. Like Dago said, though, it's you're getting – 25, 26, 27 passes. Uh, that's all. He's, he's last in the NFL in dropbacks of guys that have played three games. Um, but Houston, like I said, they played Patrick Holmes, Lamar Jackson, and Ben Roethlisberger. None have been top 12 scorers because they're just getting run all over like we could probably expect Minnesota will be able to do here. And Minnesota um, wants to run anyway. Yeah, and then the other thing is is that uh, Houston actually, when teams have thrown, they're actually – they lead the league in completion rate on throws 15 yards or further downfield, the lowest league completion rate. So they've been playing like umbrella coverage too when they when teams do drop back to pass. They're not giving up any chunk plays, uh, which is kind of what the Vikings' offense is predicated on when they do throw. Listen, I was an Adam Thielen honk uh, coming into the season, and I'm pretty scared at this point. One, the volume's not there. The emergence of Justin Jefferson, and through three games, like we've been bailed out on touchdowns. He had a really 
really good fourth quarter against the Green Bay Packers, um, but he's done nothing out, outside of it. You know, outside of the the other what eleven quarters, he's done nothing. He caught a touchdown pass. Um, he's got you know eight five eight targets, uh, and then now if Justin Jefferson's going to pop. Uh, you know, that hurts him as well. So I'm a little worried about Thielen. I know the rate stats all still favor him because they didn't throw it all the first two games and it was only to him. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward. Jefferson's, you know, I love Jefferson coming in the draft. And one of the reasons I loved him is because everyone kept calling a slot receiver. But if you go back to his, his year before, his 2018 season, he played exclusively outside and was still good. And people are like, oh, he can only play inside when he comes in the NFL. You know, he's one of these guys that can only play big slot. And guess what? They played him at big slot the first two weeks. And then last year, he went completely outside um, and ran uh, 78% of his routes outside. And they moved Chad Beebe to slot. And then he goes nuts. He had six and a half yards per route last week. It was the most by any receiver in a game this season. Uh, they finally let him loose. And he won over the top. You know, so, I mean. That's where he, he can he can be that guy too. Um, he's cheap enough to chase if you want in a stack, but I think I'm on your side. It just is too obvious based on what Houston is bad at, what Minnesota wants to do, and what Minnesota's bad at, uh, which is you know allowing 10.4 yards per target to opposing wide receivers and 14 completions of 20 plus yards, getting these hot shot play guys that are on the Houston side. Uh, it just seems it just seems too easy, so it'll probably go wrong. Well, and. I don't think this stack is necessarily going to be all that popular. There are just too many games out there with too many big names that haven't necessarily screwed people. Like anybody who's played Sean Watson this year, they've been disappointed. Anybody who's played Will Fuller, they have certainly been disappointed. So to me, when people can look like and play guys from Arizona and Carolina, from Cleveland and Dallas, New England, Kansas city, why am I going to mess with Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson? Like I'm loving messing with, I mean, they've got a team total nearing 30. I mean, Dago, I think if I had to build one stack this week, if I was only allowed to stack one game, I think this would be it. I mean, we were worried about them against the Steelers, but they were actually really good in that first half against the Steelers. The issue is they came out after the intermission, and I believe they went three and out on three of their last four possessions, just hit the wall with nothing else to do. And I am... You know, it's not part of the stack, I know, but I think I am I kind of do like David Johnson. I, I do wish oh. I do wish there were more touches, but uh you remember like week one, he looked great and he's just he's just had bad defenses the past two weeks. So I, I still think I like him in this matchup. I know I hate myself for it too. Yeah, I hate you too. Like yeah. it's, as long as we're on the same page. <laughs> I, mean, I just I just can't that's a button a five point six. Uh, I gotta admit. 5.6 is a little cheap for a home favorite in a 30 point, like with a 30 point team total. Okay, I got hold your nose, hold your nose. Yeah, I mean, this is not, I felt so good right up until like 30 seconds ago. And now Daigle's get talking about David Johnson and stuff. Like, I do like Brandon Cooks a lot. I'll say that. Uh, they're using him <laughs> like Will. They're using him like Will Fuller, and they're using Will Fuller like they used DeAndre Hopkins last year. Now, Will Fuller's strength, of course, is downfield. I, I imagine they get him more involved there. But right now, he's still the intermediate guy compared to Brandon Cooks, at least. I'm not playing Brandon Cooks. I don't – okay, I'll probably have a little Brandon Cooks, but I, I don't Brandon really Cooks. want to mess with him. I'm, wait, can we agree we're not playing Randall Cobb? We're not going to try and make Kenny Stills a thing again? Like, just those two guys? We don't have to worry about anybody else? That's where the stack stops uh, I'm in, for me. I'm in. I'm in for playing both Fuller and Cooks, man. I think you can do it like last week we did at the Dallas, game, the the Seattle side. Hey, if you played about like the Millie Maker winner had them both. It had Russ, it had Metcalf, and it had Lockett. Like you can absolutely do that. Yeah, I mean, I had a few teams that were that with Gal too. They just had Kenny and Drake on them. Oh, yeah, that did not. 
We're, the Kenyan break owners are not feeling great right now. That you know they have a hotel room with the Joe Mixon owners, and they all just sit around and cry together. It's not pretty. It's absolutely not pretty. Speaking of well, not the, pretty, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say the good news is you don't have to play Joe Mixon this week, so it's okay. We're all in the clear. Uh, main slate, oh, main slate only. I traded away Joe Mixon. I'm done with him. I, I am over Joe Mixon. He can uh, go fly a kite, as the kids say. All right, let's talk Buffalo at the Raiders. Fifty-two and a half point total. Buffalo three-point favorites. On the road, and, you know, Daniel, I'm going to start with you because we were having a conversation beforehand with our producer, D-Train, about nobody ever plays Josh Allen, and Josh Allen just keeps crushing it. Are you playing Josh Allen this week? I might. I actually am more excited about this game than I am Seattle and Miami, uh, just because I think both defenses here are slightly overrated. But Josh Allen, I mean, we can – I know it's been three easier matchups, but we can honestly chalk him up to matchup proof. Maybe that changes whenever he plays the Patriots. But so far through three games, the QB3 every single week with the fourth most carries from the quarterback position. So the fact that he comes in underweight every single week, even last week, every single week, we talked about it on the show, uh, being not being scared too much about the Rams defense who was being overblown. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you play Josh Allen this week? I, I think he can match anyone else in this slate. I mean, you know, he's been rushing as every bit as much as we thought he would. You know, last week, and Reeves, you can kind of talk about this, with Zach Moss out, like we saw him get even more goal line work because they are never going to give Devin Singletary the ball in the goal line. They're just not going to do it, Reeves. He had two chances and uh, they did not work out. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not going to get any more. Like that might be the last two of the year. He still looked good, but yeah, it's uh, there's a reason they got <laughs> Zach Moss. Yeah. 20 to 20, man. Like Singletary is one of those guys that if you play in a league that doesn't score touchdowns, you're doing just fine. But um, outside of that, it's just, it's I started referring to Lance, uh, to, uh, I almost called him today, but Josh Allen is Lance Arbor from Varsity Blues now. Uh, (laughs) You know, when they get in, it's like, they just, they run the ball and Singletary gets these yardage. When it's time to put the ball in the end zone, it's always Josh Allen's number, man. So, okay, so talk to me about Josh Allen. Are you playing him this week, Rebar? What do you think about him? And, of course, Stefan Diggs. You know, everybody before the season, it was kind of, well, wide receivers who, you know, switch teams. They usually don't fare very well. Meanwhile, Stefan Diggs, man, I mean, he's had over 15 points in three straight, 14.9 against the Rams. But, I mean, he's been good. Like, Stefan Diggs has been really good since coming over to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are a team that just objectively get it. I mean, look at everything they're doing right now. Josh Allen has used play action for 38.6% of his dropbacks, third highest rate in the NFL through three weeks. Uh, He's a league leading six touchdown passes off play action. Coming into this year last year, he was just 23rd in play action rate. Uh, they are using him more effectively. They're using pre-snap motion at one of the highest rates in the league. They are just, they just, they're, they're using shotgun on almost all their, all their snaps using four wide receivers more than any team in the NFL. They just objectively get it. They understand what is working and how to, you know, put Josh Allen in a, in a place for him to be successful. And they don't care about him making a few negative plays per game because they put him in a spot to make so many good ones. Um, that, that they're, they're able to withstand, you know, some of those, when you try to have a guy like Josh Allen and you do something like what the giants are doing with Daniel Jones, where you leave yourself no margin of error for a guy that can't, you know, shake his miss, the shortcomings, 
um, then they bl- it blows up and kills you. The Bills have swerved into it, and they're like, we understand what we have in Josh Allen. Uh, we understand why we're going to go out and get a, a, a build a receiving core that is built on separation instead of guys that are big and big clashers, guys that are going to rely on 50-50 balls and making tight window throws. Josh Allen is a guy that has to, you know, he's not going to make a lot of anticipatory throws. He's made some more this year than he has in the past, but, I mean, he's a guy that has to see a throw to make it, and he they surrounded him with a bunch of guys that get open at will, and Stephon Diggs has been one of the most underrated players, you know, since he entered the NFL and was underrated, you know, as a prospect himself and has done nothing but perform, you know, regardless of what quarterback he's had from Teddy Bridgewater to Case Keenum to Sam Bradford uh, to Kirk Cousins and now Josh Allen. The guy is just the baller and we're seeing it. I mean, he had what? He could have three touchdowns last week. I mean, I guess maybe two because it was back-to-back plays. One hit the ground, and then there was a holding penalty on one uh, that came back, and then he he finally got in later. But, um, yeah, he's just a good player. Uh, Damon Arnett's not going to be able to check him. John Brown might not play in this game. So, you know, the Cole, the Cole Beasy, like six for 100 last week, might kind of be in play again. We're not going to play him in DFS, though. Gabriel Davis will probably get some more burn. But the best thing about Josh Allen is you don't even have to play him with anybody. Just like last week, he can always play him by himself because he's going to run for some. He's going to throw some to weird people. Uh, he's going to kind of get his own weight too. So you don't even have to play Diggs if you don't want to. Tyler yeah. Croft was the tight end two on the entire week. That tells you the Josh Allen experience in a nutshell. Yeah. I, by the way, I'm definitely not chasing the Tyler Croft point. No, don't do that. Yeah, but I mean, you look at I mean Zach Moss. He's expected to come back. I'm not playing Zach Moss. I'm not playing Devil Singletary. If the Bill's side is so simple. You play Josh Allen and you play Stefan Diggs and that's it. And you don't have to play, you know, you can play Diggs without Allen. Obviously the question is, do we bring it back on the other side at all? Because last week, Dagel, I got to say, I had, um, I did one team on FanDuel. I had, I was the only guy in the, in the, one of the bigger tournaments and had Andy Isabella. That felt great. I had Russell. Ooh, baby. Pocket. I was just doing so well. And then Jeez. I had, I had a 6% owned tight end named Darren Bleeping Waller, who oh. just did absolutely nothing. And I, I finished like 15 or 16 out of first two. It's like the bagel from Darren Waller. And it was it was heartbreaking, and I'm standing, and I still don't know if I want to talk about it publicly. But Waller at 5.2K is too cheap. Like, and come back, right? And coming off, yeah, a week that we know we can just throw out the window. Yes. Like, it was the optimal – like, I, I understand you playing him in tournaments, but for, like, cash games, it was the certainly the optimal week to just get away from him given the target share before, knowing what the Patriots were going to do most likely. So that's why we throw that one out the window and we come right back with them. Having said that, I also like Josh Jacobs quite a bit because I think the Bills' run defense is slightly being overblown, like we talked about with the Rams' defense last week. Uh, Dolphins' backs – not named Jordan Howard because Jordan Howard doesn't count since he only runs one yard carries uh, combined for 5.9 yards per attempt in week two. And then Rams running backs combined for just under five yards per attempt on 27 carries just last week. And we know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs. As long as he's healthy, he's going to get 25 to 28 carries and uh, blow them up, up the middle. So I do think there's a sneaky spot to run out Josh Allen and then bring it right back with Josh Jacobs. That's it's, it's so weird because, you know, typically, I'm not going to call Josh Allen a running back, but you don't want two guys running the ball against each other because, you know, then, you know, the game ends up just taking, you know, it shortens the time because the clock keeps running and I always try and avoid doing that. But I get what you're saying because the Raiders very clearly want to give Josh Jacobs the ball a ton. The bills are going to run it with Josh Allen a lot outside of Jacobs and Waller. I mean, Reeves, there's really nobody on the Raiders. Hunter Renfro. 
Yeah, there's one more. No, we're not doing. <laughs> I mean, go back to last year. Anytime this dude's been targeted, he's he's produced, and you've seen it last week when no. when Waller got Belichick and they had to throw him. I mean, he's beating guys downfield this week. He had another. He almost got a second touchdown. His knee went down at the one yard line. Go back to last year, man. Anytime they've thrown to him, anytime he's gotten targets, he's produced. It yep. just it's we're it's fact, like, man. Listen, it. the internet exists. You can look it up. Wait, wait, hold on. What? And also, and also the Bills, and this is going back to last year as well, they've kind of turned into like an interior funnel. Um, the slot guys have given them a lot of trouble. And it, to start this year, it's happened again. I mean, they've allowed Jet slot receivers had six for 110 and a touchdown on 12 targets. Miami slot rideouts had nine catches for 77 yards on 10, 10 targets. Ram slot wideouts last week caught 11 of 12 targets for 120 yards. They give up interior production. Uh, because no one wants to throw out Tredavious White. The guy's given up one touchdown since the start of last year. And it was to Mike Kosecki in week two when he was draped all over him. He just got bodied because he's just not big enough. Um, they they just pump target. When you face the Bills, you target them in the interior and you target slot guys. Um, so it kind of lines up for him again. I mean, you can argue that Waller's just their slot guy, but they're all slot guys when Derek Carter's throwing the rock. Tredavious White, I, don't, I guess he didn't get credited giving up the touchdown last week. He absolutely but one last week to uh to cooper cup like the, he was trying to cover it was one of the ones that cup ran from the right side and just ran across the middle of the field ended up over the left pylon but tradavius white just fell down and i'm like that's not what you do tradavius white because he's one of the you know i don't have very many cornerbacks that i just totally avoid but he's one of them and as somebody who was facing cooper cup in a number of season-long leagues i was not happy with old trey white with you i'm not playing against tradavius white i I guess you could play. No, I'm not playing Hunter Renfro. Like I got to draw the line somewhere. I feel like Hunter Renfro is a reasonable place to draw it. And I saw, I saw about when I threw it to Reeves, <laughs> they kind of gave this, Ooh, look about him. They, you're I knew actually, where he was going. We, we played many basketball games together. I know who to pass the rock to. <laughs> <laughs> you're not playing Hunter Renfro though, are you? I mean, it's just what Reeves said. No. He's in a good spot. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's, it's actually, I mean, if you're stacking the game, you're stacking the um, game. Yeah. No like, one's like, telling you to jam in. Thing. And the best no part is, you don't, you know, you're not going to play Derek Carr with them. So you just play Hunter Renfro. Like, it's hey, not you easy. Leave Derek Carr alone, buddy. Didn't Derek Carr? Derek Carr wasn't the Millie Maker, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have Hunter Renfro, too. That's surprising. Yeah, he, he was hiring out to uh, Amari. Big Daddy Amari. That was a guy that done for me. But no, he's, I mean, I, I understand he didn't have any Hunter Renfros there before. But I mean, come on, man. Like, I, and I know he had 20 last week. Like, that's the absolute ceiling. Like Hunter Renfro is not getting 20 again. Devin, make sure you save that clip for um, this time next week when you can go and play it back and I cry a little bit. But uh, so the yeah. good, I mean, the good thing is like we assume he got those targets because Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards were out and got injured. And like it doesn't look like they're going to play it all this week either. So although we can account more targets, push them towards Darren Waller, like Hunter Renfro is still there to stay, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. Like he's still going to be around. Get another 15 targets this week. Yeah, he could. He, very yeah, he really might. I mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm happy or sad that Henry Ruggs isn't likely to is not going to play this week because I would find a way to talk myself into Ruggs. I know. No, be, not against Tredavious. I know. Like, I know it'd be a brutal matchup, but I'd be like, man, if he just gets loose a couple times. They're not like, even. They're not even using him right. They just air him out for flags. That's it. They want him to get DPIs, and they don't use them for manufactured touchers like I, they should be doing. I was stunned because before the year when I was researching the Raiders, that's the one thing I really thought I said, you know, they spent that high draft capital on them there. I thought they were going to go out of their way to make sure the ball was in his hands and they just haven't done it. It's frustrating. The first, yeah, first half for week one, first half, it looked like, was it. It was like, 
And then he got the knee injury and has just been, has been the same. Yep. All right. Let's talk some quarterbacks because as we talked about earlier in the show, like there are a million different places you can go here. You can, Arizona, Carolina, 51 and a half point total Jacksonville and Cincinnati. If you want to hold your nose a little bit, 49 point total Cleveland and Dallas, 56 total New England, Kansas city, 52 and a half point total Reeves. Typically we look for these quarterbacks because, and say that, Oh, well, there are only a few of these games that we really want to target. They're everywhere. We got 18, eight games of the total of 49 or better. I didn't even mention the Saints at Detroit, total of 54. Is there any one spot that stands out for you? Because I don't have that spot yet outside of Deshaun Watson. I kind of feel like I'm going to wait to see where the ownership lands and just go with a loan, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of spots. Um, I do think the demise of Drew Brees has been greatly overstated. Um, and I understand why it's kind of shifted that too, but like, the guy has averaged 8.2 and 8 yards per attempt. I know that's, you know, yak induced from, you know, Alvin Kamara, but it's essentially what he did last year as well. I mean, his depth of target is a yard different, but, you know, he's going to get Michael Thomas back, you know, potentially. The thing is about the Saints that Drew Brees is carrying this water for all them is their defense has been awful. It has been horrendous to start the season, and we that game could shoot out. So I think you know Drew Brees could be an interesting, you know, getting Thomas back. Like I said, I talked just touched on Lamar Jackson earlier, but we've got so Lamar Jackson now has made twenty five career starts. This is the first time ever in his career he's had back to back weeks where he wasn't a QB one. Um, he had his worst game of his career on Monday night, easily three and, three and a half yards per attempt. Um, and you know they're they're they have a huge team total. They're huge favorites against Washington. Um, and like, no one's going to want to play him because he was awful in prime time. And he's, you know, a lot of people have the regression bug has already kind of caught people. I mean, if he's going to come in, if he's, if we check back on Friday or Saturday night, when I'm making lineups and I see his projections kind of looking at like low single digits, I mean, I'm just going to hold, just, just hold my breath and go way bonkers on it and just, and go, cause you don't have to play him with anybody too. He's another one of these guys. I can just play Lamar Jackson and then stack the other people I want. And then also just real fast, not to eat up all the shot clock. Um, Joe Burrow is still fun. Uh, it's been a QB one, been a QB one the past few weeks. I don't think that there's any coincidence that Joe Burrow had his best game of the season when he finally stopped jamming targets into AJ green uh, in tight coverage. They went away from AJ green. They went away from AJ Green last week, and you can say part of it was Darius Slay induced or whatever. But they finally just didn't jam targets AJ Green, and then the kid comes out and completes seventy percent of his passes, has highest yards per attempt. Um, he has been tenth in the NFL, first in the NFL, and fourth in the NFL in dropbacks per week. Um, and the Jaguars are dead last in EPA passing and as a pass defense. So I think Burrow is still um, an option as well. Yeah, it feels weird seeing him price over six K. Like, I was not expecting that. I mean, if you want to go to the other side, like, it's a great match for Gardner Minshew after he stunk up the bed last week. Like, he was throwing the ball pretty well. The problem is, on a slate like this where there are so many really good like, That's what Daigle said, early yeah. lead in. Like, you can play these guys, and they can get you, like, a 20, but we've got guys dropping, like, 35s those opening three weeks. Yeah. The good thing about Burrow is, like, man, I, I really think he can. I mean, just to have 300 yards – and uh and back to and multiple touchdowns in back-to-back games and then weeks one and two he did have at least seven carries in both games uh could not carry last week because he was getting stuffed behind the line every time you look up but i mean he has the rushing floor so burrow could get there honestly and he's in that price where he gets sandwiched between fitzpatrick and then everyone's trying to pay up for so you know he's going to come in like one percent on yeah you know we saw the first two weeks that burrow you know he had a combined 15 carries for What's that? 65 yards. I mean, this is a dude that can run. And like, I, I don't think a lot of people necessarily know that about Joe Burrow, but the dude can run. He ran a little bit at LSU, like, 
And in this match against Jackson, I mean, Jacksonville's defense is just a, it's a total train wreck. So I have no problem whatsoever playing Burrow this week. I think, man, I'm, it's just so hard to cross guys off the list. Like we, we haven't mentioned Dak. Yeah. Like yeah. Dak just keeps <laughs> crushing it. And I mean, he's going to be low on this week, despite Cleveland, you know, not being all that imposing of a matchup. I do think yeah. this will be the one week where we'll see Dallas's pace kind of come down yeah. a little bit, though, because they won't probably be trailing like they have the last two weeks. And they've trailed in all three games. They've, they've actually only had the lead for seven snaps, uh, the only only ahead of the Jets and the Jaguars through three games. I think we all think objectively they're a better team than that, uh, at least in the context of the, the, the entire NFL. And then the Browns, we know what they want to do. They don't want to get a shootout. They want to run their running backs. They want to run, run those backs. I think it will be a week where Dak doesn't drop back 40-plus times like he has, you know, the last two weeks. And I'm worried about that matchup for the Cowboys because it's no surprise that Dak's season low, six and a half yards per attempt, came against the Rams when he's under pressure for 42% of his dropbacks. And the past two weeks, he's only been under pressure for 23% of his dropbacks. But now we have, remember, at the end of that game, they actually moved Zach Martin, the center, to right tackle because they're just so injured on in their trenches. And now we have Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, and Adrian Claiborne coming to town. Like, I think the Browns just upset the Cowboys this week because the Cowboys, like, are not – not ready for this game. I love, I love we, that's that's some that's some heat right there, Dago. Like we don't use you know the four and a half point home favorite. I, that is a low line. It's a game that fits the Browns well. Uh, another quick one before we move on. I think it's a great spot for Cam Newton as well. If you want to get off some of these other quarterbacks, like the ball, the Ravens were, were forced to get away from what they do. Like even Lamar had three carries, 49 yards and the first two possessions, the Ravens averaged 7.9 yards per carry in the first half. But then by the time they looked up, they were punched in the mouth and down by three scores. They had to keep dropping back and throwing, but we know the chiefs defense, their weakness is still the rushing, the rushing defense. So I, I think it's a great spot for Cam Newton. Uh, that one could shoot out as well i i get it with cam i just can't click that button over the other guys that's right i i want to and like you know reeves you mentioned lamar i love the spot for lamar i love the spot for deshaun i think that's going to be you know i usually play three quarterbacks every week it's probably going to be lamar watson and burrow that's i feel like that's pretty reasonable though who do you pair burrow with like Reeves, I know you were talking about him earlier. Who the hell do you pair him with? Because you don't I, have to. They they're spreading the, they spread the ball around now. If they're going to do what they did last week, at least where they get T Higgins involved, Auden Tate had three end zone targets. Uh, um, you know they don't have to just rely on Green. They've got Tyler Boyd. I mean, if they use that, that's the way to successfully use him. Like he did at LSU, you you let him just pepper pepper people. Um, that would, that's I would that's what we'd like to see. That's, that's why they're leading the league in 11 personnel. I mean, they're just rolling out receivers. That's why they only scratch one every single week and also bring Alex Erickson in for a few routes because that's the personnel they continue using no matter what. Also why people are pissed off at Joe Mixon. You know, as a uh, football show in 2020, we are contractually obligated to also mention Kyler Murray, who we have not mentioned yet. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it works. In we don't have to mention Trubisky, though. That's the good thing. Oh, nope. We're done with that. We're done with that. Nick Foles season. Here we go. Nope. Yeah, and imagine if Rodgers. Imagine if that game was on this slate, man. I imagine if that was main slate. How are you doing now that you don't have Trubisky to uh, light money on fire with anymore? We got Fitzpatrick. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing just fine. Oh boy! All right, let's talk about some running backs. Obviously, a lot of guys are going to be uh, popular. One of them might be Kenyon Drake. I'm saying him with some increased ownership. Um, I'm not sure who to throw this to because I know you both equally hate Kenyon Drake right now. So um, 
I, don't, I mean, I'm playing him still. I don't care. He, I think I'm going to play him too. Yeah. I'm, I've dug in. I'm riding this until I get the one good game. It doesn't matter how much money I lose in the process. Um, and then, you know, I mean, listen, I am also obligated to just play running backs against Carolina. I have to do it. I've, it's been disappointing so far. And I don't think Drake has particularly even looked good. He hasn't looked like he's had like the, like a real, real lot of sizzle so far to him, even last week when he had some lanes. Uh, but I'm going to play running backs against Carolina. They've allowed at least one rushing touchdown. They did break the streak of allowing two touchdowns, uh, <laughs> you know, rushing touchdowns after, after seven straight games, but they still did allow one and it's in 16 straight games. They've allowed a rushing touchdown. They've allowed a top three PPR score in all three games this year. So, I mean, this is it for me. Like I'm going one more time though. Shut up. You're going to go more than one more time. I know you. you're going to, you're going to keep piling on, man. Um, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara is going to be really popular. Oh, yeah. Daigle, if Michael Thomas is in, do you think we should be taking an underway stance on Kamara? Because I think that's really interesting. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I understand the, the 36% target share of the past two games without Thomas would certainly help if Thomas is out, but I mean, Kamara says, I mean, just from film, like Kamara has looked better than ever. And given the matchup against, like, remember, the Lions defense was the reason we played Kenjin Drake. And, of course, he didn't get targeted, so he didn't get there. But we are still attacking this defense. So I am I would still be fine being overweight or matching the field on Kamara for sure. I assume that if you think that the Cowboys lose, you're not going to be heavily invested in Zeke. He's going to be popular. There are a lot of running backs in kind of this like high 5K, low to mid 6K range that are in really good spots. I think Daryl Henderson's a little bit interesting. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, ooh, wow. I think Rebar just like hit the bottom of the table, man. Talk to me about Henderson. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I always like to look at the like industry ranks and then to compare them to my ranks. I always like to just see like who's like what's the, the crowd, feel the crowd out. And the industry seems pretty like not all in on Daryl Henderson. Like they've got him like around like 23 RB24. He's been a top 12 back the past two weeks. He's a huge home favorite. Last week with Malcolm Brown, he outtouched him 21 to 7. And that was a game where they ran into real negative game script right away and then they fought back and it was still you know daryl henderson and he looks great it looks like he's finally his brain is caught caught up to like the processing speed of the guy he was coming out what we thought coming out of memphis the guy was an electric runner um and just wasn't that as a rookie he leads all players and in 20 or more snaps and uh opportunity rate per snap at 60.60.3 percent um the Giants allowed 133 156 and 171 yards from scrimmage opposing backfield to start the season um, yeah, I mean, I, to me, I just see huge home favorite guy getting 20 touches guy. That's been productive on the, on the most run heaviest team in the NFL. Does, does Cam Akers returning? If he returns, does that slow you down a little? I think he's probably, he's trending towards doubtful again now okay, already. Um, if if Akers misses, like, I'm sorry, like there's no way they can run Malcolm Brown in this spot. I mean, it's Anderson's role. And like you said, I think so. And like I said, and I don't know if we get there by the end of the week, maybe it'll change. But uh, looking at where the industry has him right now, I mean, they seem to not only have one foot in. (laughs) Fine with me. Uh, Dago, who else are you looking at at the running back position? I also like Nick Chubb for the reasons we mentioned, but also Kareem Hunt was a DMP on Wednesday. And they oddly, ominously, perhaps, uh, promoted Dontrell Hilliard, former AAF superstar that I made Reeves watch one game before, even though Dearness Johnson has only played six snaps all year. So that seems kind of odd. So I think we should have Nick Chubb on our radar, who's actually run more routes than Kareem Hunt this season. He just hasn't gotten the targets. Are we playing David Montgomery? I mean, there's no Tariq Cohen there. Like, 
These I don't know what to do with this Bears team right now. I feel like you could reasonably just totally ignore this game. There are a couple games you can just write off. I think this is one of those. But Montgomery at 5-5, five, five, I mean, if he's going to get 20 touches, like, I don't hate it. If he's, if he's going to get 20 touches, I mean, maybe. And maybe Reeb has a different spin on this. But, like, the Colts aren't a joke. Uh, the past two weeks, people will blame on the blowout. But in even the advanced metrics that account for opponents, like EPA and success rate, like, they're the number one defense across the entire board. And uh, now they get Nick Foles. Like, I don't think – like, I just don't want to touch that offense this week. Not even Allen Robinson. I don't, I don't want any part of it. Really they had DeForest Buckner. Uh, they've been really, they've been good kind of all over. Um, it, it's a tough, I mean, it is nice that, you know, now that, uh, you know, Cohen's out of the picture, cause that was kind of the ceiling thorn that Montgomery had already had. I mean, he's averaging 14 carries per game, 17th in the position, but was 33rd in catches per game. Uh, Cohen was running a, you know, a route on 46% of the bears dropbacks. So, I mean, you kind of, if we can get him into the 50% range, 60% range, that's like top 10 usage for running back. I know it's not an electric type of usage, but I mean, volume is volume. Bears are the only team without a rushing touchdown through three weeks. Um, eventually someone's got to fall into the end zone. I don't, I don't know. So he's not a guy, he's not going to make my pool just because I like so many guys this week. Um, but I mean, I can see someone talking themselves into it. We should mention Mike Davis as well. Um, he's priced down in a 5.7K over on DK. He saw nine targets last week, 13 carries. I mean, this is – at this point, I don't know what the difference between Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake is. Well, Wait. one guy's catching passes. Yeah, I'm going to say one guy is <laughs> – I'm saying Mike Davis is what Kenyon Drake was supposed to be doing. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fair. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Davis is like Mike Jasicki of running backs. Like, he's just out of position, basically. Um and yeah, he, I mean, he is clearly their number one back. He just became Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So if like Mike Davis, I don't think he's going to be too popular. Like I said, there are a number of different plays this week, you can, different ways you can go. And uh, Mike Davis is certainly on my radar. Wide receivers, Dagle, I'll start off with you, brother. Who you got? Not see, I, I'm hoping to come to y'all for wide receivers. I have one, but I, I kind of struggled here just because I don't like a lot of guys. Maybe I should get higher on players. I like a lot of running backs this week. Um, I'm just going to go back to CeeDee Lamb. I'll say that because I think that was an injury he dealt with and running or playing fewer, his season low amount of snaps. And then I believe fewer running fewer routes than Cedric Wilson. Um, and I know what Mike McCarthy said that the rookie workload caught up to him, but I'm not buying that. And so I'm just going to say, I'm going to go right back to him. Stop it with the rookie workload stuff. That's, that's what he said. I'm just telling after you that punt said. return. After that punt return, he got banged up on him. He played 16 of uh, 39 snaps yep. after that. Uh, so I definitely think he got banged up on that play um, as well. And the Cowboys actually used, uh, they went 10 personnel on 13 plays last, last week. It was like the first time they did that. That's how Cedric Wilson got some burn on top of both Cooper and Lamb getting nicked up as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you can uh, just look at the top. I'm What's sorry, that? I was going to ask, is Marshawn Lattimore expected to shadow Galladay? Um, maybe. I don't I gotta, know. I got to look that up. I'm going to look that up while you talk, Reeves. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, if you want to stack that game, though, I mean, you're going to run it back with that, too. I think that game is fun. I mean, Michael Thomas, if he plays, like, people might be hesitant to use him. Uh, Jeffrey Akuda is 
has not looked great to start off. I mean, and granted, that's he's a rookie cornerback. You throw these rookie cornerbacks on Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, buddy. Uh, you know, he allowed seven catches for 121 yards in his first game in coverage. He did have the interception last week, but also allowed five of six targets to be completed for 79 yards in his coverage. So he struggled. He can get another tough draw here if Thomas plays, even if it's Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe that's even sneaky just because he struggled. I mean, and you should expect guys to, to, to struggle they're starting out in the NFL and you throw them on these guys um, like Daigle brought up with uh, Noah Igbani or whatever his name is. Uh, That's why I stick with Noah I, buddy. That's why I do it. When you throw him on an island and they did him no favors in that week two game, but uh, they did better in week week three, uh, you know, not having him just shadow guys. Um, we got Mike Evans, you know, with Godwin out last time that that happened. He had 29% of the team targets. Uh, looks like Mike Williams is going to be out. So, I mean, they really only have talk about concentrated target trees. Like the chargers are only going to throw the ball to three players. It's going to be Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler. Um, and they're not going to be able to run the ball in that game. And it looks like um, Sean Murphy bunting is going to be out there slot corner uh, for Tampa Bay as well. So, I mean, Keenan Allen could get just jammed to targets again. Keenan Allen has led the entire league in target share the past two weeks from Justin Herbert as well. Yeah. I mean, Justin Herbert, like he had 19 targets last week. Like it's, I understand that they've got a you know team total of 18 points and everybody's going to say, well, I don't want to play him in that matchup. I don't want to play him in that, you know, in their big, if, if you take, if I give you 19 targets, I would play you. Uh, I'm trying to think if I would play me. I, I you absolutely would play me. Uh, I'd need, I'd need 24 targets from Dale. I <laughs> need to bump up that target share. Uh, another thing on Noah, I, by the way, covering DK Metcalf <laughs> this week is that like those numbers would be even worse in coverage. If Chris Conley wasn't the worst receiver I've ever seen in my life. Like uh, Chris Conley put on <laughs> film, the worst tape of anyone so far in 2020. It was rough, man. People want Chris Conley. This is like, we're going on like three years now where people just really want Chris Conley. to. Adam captain too. What the hell? <laughs> oh, well, oh. I had that tweet before the game that said, don't forget about him leading the team in targets. And he did. And people said, well, you said people were like, so what, what happened? I was like, well, he led the team in targets. I didn't say good targets. That's what happens. <laughs> I didn't say anything about the quality of targets. Well, hey, if you want to stick with that same team, if DJ Shark comes back, like, eventually it's going to happen for him, right? No. No? Okay. Well, there we go. Maybe. Right. <laughs> I still don't I know. I mean, just that. go back in the last year and look at DJ Shark's, like, last 12 games, and it's he's, like, turns into a harder sell, like, by the minute. Well, whatever. I'll it's just it. a different offense this year. Like, yeah. it's – It is. I, I'm actually surprised the offense tanked without him. Maybe it wasn't because of him, but like they're just spreading it out now. Like it's more of a first read off and it's not a let's put DJ Shark in position of strength. Kind yeah, of like how the Titans use their receivers. <laughs> that's not going to work for me. Oh, Titans aren't going to use any receivers this week. It's, um, I don't, we'll see. We're <laughs> they're back. playing. They're going to play. I know. I know they're going to play Tuesday and everybody's going to be mad about some waiver stuff in season long. And it, just, I need them to not play Tuesday because that's when I write the worksheet and I just need to not, I just, it's just going to throw everything in whack. And I need them not to play Tuesday because one of my highest week to week bets is with somebody who has Derrick Henry. So selfishly I'm rooting on this game, not to play though. I'm with you. I think it's going to play Monday or Tuesday. All right. We got to jump off here. I'm, Reeves, you know, we talked about a bunch of game stacks today. We talked about how there are eight different games totals, 49 or better. Is there any one stack that really stands out for you that you want to be targeting this week? No, I still need to dip in. We talked, we covered all the ones. I mean, like I said, it's hard to just get away from Seattle, Miami, just because let's chase the points. Um, I like the Houston one a lot, like we nailed. And then 
Something about the Saints still, like they're if they're not going to be super high owned. I mean, I know we know Kamara is, but I think Breeze and Thomas might not be either too. And if Thomas comes back, they can play all three of those guys because I think they'll just give the ball to the, who the guys they always want to give the ball to. Daniels, any uh, does any game stand out for you as far as the game stat goes? I mean, I like the Bengals. It's just tough to know who to run it back with because you also don't really want to run it back with James Robinson. Um, <laughs> this game so, might end up with sixty points and like nobody gets there. I'll say I'll say uh, Lamar and Logan Thomas, and hopefully every oh. ball doesn't sell over Logan Thomas's head. Did, did you see Logan Thomas? Yeah, Crane dude. is as fast as Logan Thomas. It's like I'm that, I'm, I'm like low key quick man. What are you talking? It's about? the first Logan player. Thomas looks awful. I know people keep talking about how much he's on the field getting exercise, and um, man, he looks terrible. He needs more exercise because he is slow. <laughs> Well, on that note, we're going to get off here because Crane needs some exercise too. It's been fun as always. This has been the DFS pick six for week four of the NFL season. Dago Reeves, thanks for joining me. I'm Eric. We'll catch y'all later. Peace.